Yeah, 11.05, we are right back at it. Dr. Payne Show, lines are open. You have concerns about your health, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. How you doing, pal? Hey, big guy, good, you? I'm, I'm good, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we're talking about today. What do you got good. for me? So, so I have um, I have a couple things I want okay. to talk about. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is just sort of, sometimes I have to step back as a, as a professional and forget that the people that are coming in to see me um, don't necessarily have the knowledge base that right. I have, which yep. is, is the reality, which is why they're coming to see me. I had a, a person this week that came to see me, um, and it, it was a hand complaint. It was essentially like a bone bruise, right? And these things can, but it, the diagnosis is not what's important. Um, it was a bone bruise, been going on for, I believe it was almost a year now. And they had really gone to their family doctor in order to manage this. And the family doctor's recommendation was, yeah, it'll just heal on its own. Like, don't do much about it. And then, of course, here we are a year later, yep. not getting any better. And I mean, when I hear this, for me, it, it seems simple. Like, I always say a mechanical problem or a manual problem requires a mechanical manual intervention, right? Sure. So therapy is, is likely the answer, the first thing that you should try. And it seems so inherently clear to me. And I said to the person, I said, but have you done any therapy? And he was like, no, I haven't done anything. And it's like, well, why not? My doctor didn't tell me. Yeah. And, and and right in that moment, I realized like initially I was sort of like, well, why wouldn't you do that? But then I stopped and I thought, and, and people do put a lot of faith oh, yeah. in their family doctor sure. and listen to every single thing. And this is not supposed to be, this is my intention of this is not a segment against family doctors because I know many, many family doctors that w- the first thing they would have recommended is therapy. But the point of this is, that I also think that patients need to do their due diligence as well. Don't, this isn't, we are not in the 1950s anymore where your doctor knows everything. Just listen to them. Like, do some research, speak to some other people. Uh, therapy interventions like chiropractic, physiotherapy, massage therapy are often primary care, which means you can just go in. You can just go see somebody, get their opinion, and get it treated the right way. And it, and it just, and again, for me, it was, um, I felt like when I heard it, it was odd because I was like, well, why wouldn't you have gone to get therapy right away? But then then I really took a moment and I said, well, take off your practitioner hat. Like, forget that you're a professional. You you likely, if if the roles were reversed, would have done the same thing. And, I, and, and you know what? I probably would have. If I wasn't a healthcare professional, I was just a person with a hurt hand that had gone to my family doctor and was told, yeah, just let it rest. Here's some meds. You know, that's all I would have done. And, and, and not until it got to that point where a year later where it's like, no, this is still bugging me what can i do let me seek out uh, another opinion which is when he came to see me right um so number one and and again although i'm not this is not an, an intention to try to bash family physicians or anything like that because there's there's incredible family physicians they, they all play a very important role in our healthcare. they're the gatekeepers but i also would would encourage most phys, most family doctors you should be aware of this that if your patients have physical issues, then likely physical intervention should be the first line of defense. Uh, and this isn't me saying it. This is research support supported recommendations. Like if you have someone to just tell somebody just rest it is no longer the approach. Yeah. Almost in no instance whatsoever outside of things like fractures. And even with fractures, there's still some therapy that can be done to maybe help expedite the healing process, et cetera, et cetera. So there's still, there's a limited few cases where you would say complete rest. But in general, someone like that, you have a mechanical injury to some part of your body. 
the initial recommendation should not be don't do anything about it. Maybe it can be don't do don't do anything for the first three to five days, which again, depending on the injury, maybe, maybe not. But definitely you should not let a patient who continues to come back and has been has this going on for a year. And in that whole year, you've never recommended therapy. To me, it just, it makes no sense on a professional level. And then, so that's the side for the physicians, but for the patients, do your due diligence. Question it a bit sometimes. Question it. Just do a little bit. Like, there's a fine line we always talk about, don't go to Dr. Google. But there's also a fine line of 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 research without being, you know, a hypochondriac about it, right? right? So there, there and, and it's great that we live in a, in a time where we have... Um, all these things at our disposal that the average person can figure things out. And it's all about moderation, right? Like you can do that. I always encourage people, you should know what's going on to a moderate level, but don't, don't think you're an expert that now you're the doctor, right? Just understand, question it, make sure you're getting the right therapy. And of course, if you want to see me for those second opinions on these things like this gentleman did, I'm happy to see that. But this person will likely go about four or five treatments and feel probably 95% better. Right. It's been going on for a year and a half, so is this something that will disappear forever? Hard to say, but it's not a bad injury, and definitely a, a, the physical intervention will help tremendously, and I think um, that's a very, very important thing that people understand, that physical problems likely require a physical intervention as a first line of defense. That doesn't mean other things are not part of it, but definitely it should be part of the picture. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Good way to start. Bring on your questions and comments. We'd love to talk to you up until around uh, 12 o'clock this afternoon. Right here, Dr. Pancho, Global News Radio. It is 1115, Dr. Pancho, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Yeah, have a little inclination about your own health. You live in your body 24-7, so... You know, you're funny, you're funny off the top, you said, you know, you, you trust your GP because they're uh, they're the gatekeepers Which you of, should. of healthcare. Which you should, yeah. And I remember having this conversation. In fact, I've had this conversation several times with my 77-year-old father-in-law about, you know, the keto diet and, and protein and working out. He's like, how many eggs do you eat a day? I go, anywhere between three and six. He goes, oh, my doctor said one egg a week. <laughs> I go, is that the 1800s that advice yeah. came out or one egg a week? Because yeah. dietary cholesterol causes heart attack. I mean, dude, you got it. You got it. Things improve. Yeah. We yeah, learn th- new things stuff. change in different people and all of those things. There's also fads, so we also yep. don't know the extent of, and I know this sure. is hard for you, but we don't know the extent of the future with the mm-hmm. keto diet because it's relatively new. But all, but you're absolutely right. It's all about, like, there's there's too much rigidity. That, that yes. I believe, is the problem. Like, even me, there's things that I've learned or that I've studied, and there's we've had this on, on the radio sometimes before where someone's called and said, you know, what's an example? Uh, you know, have you ever heard of uh, training on sand or whatever? I remember yeah. there was a call once. Yeah. No, it's not something I've ever done, I've ever looked into, that I've ever recommended. Does that mean it doesn't work? No. Does it mean that it works for everybody? No, probably not. It's it's about rigidity, and I think there needs to be uh, more professionals that aren't as rigid in their approach. And, and, and I think that's the way I try to be. I'm very much like, hey, I don't know everything out there. Here is what I know. Here's right. my recommendation. If there's something that I'm missing or something you're interested in, I'm happy to do the research, to figure it out, to start to put different pieces together. But you're absolutely right. Some professionals are just so rigid in their recommendation where it's like, no, absolutely not, never. And it's like, well, no, there's moderation. There's also everyone's different. That's the thing. It's all about people are different and, and psychology plays into everything. And there's, there's so many variables, but um, you're absolutely right with, uh, with some professionals, just the rigidity of their recommendations. And the other thing is, is, 
making sure you're absolutely right in, in one facet there, which is the progressive knowledge that keeps happening, right? Healthcare does not stop evolving. It's not like whatever we knew 20 years ago is the same that we know today. There's been new evolution. There's new things. I mean, I, I with in terms of the eggs, 100%. I remember, it's funny, I remember I used to, when I used to work summers in construction, there was this old guy who had a farm that used to work with us, and he would have like five or six eggs a day. And mm-hmm. he was like 70 years old at that time. And I remember early on in my university, when I started, we were still at that point where like, you know, fats, dietary fats very much contribute to heart attacks, this, that. And I remember I used to tell him like, you shouldn't be eating that many eggs. Like you're, you're, that's a lot of eggs. And and he was like, Hey, and a old Italian guy. And his thing was like, believe me, they're all wrong. This is the best thing for you. Right. Right. And, and it's funny because then as I went through school and, and new research started coming out, it's like, yeah, they're really not that bad for you now, obviously, depending but if you're having just a boiled egg, something like that. Now, is there a fine, like, it's like bananas too, right? Like a yeah. couple of bananas a day is good. If you eat three or 400, that's a, a lethal sugar. injection, yeah. right? Settle like down. it's, yeah. it's a lot of potassium. So, so there's always a moderation uh, of everything, but the rigidity in recommendations from healthcare professionals is something that I personally disagree with. And I, and I, ho- and I would hope that as we continue to evolve. I, I, and when we're speaking about this, I think it's also the the vast minority of professionals that are that way. Oh, for sure. Because I, yeah. I, and I, when I say healthcare professionals, I mean anyone: GPs, chiropractors, physios, surgeons, whomever. Um, the the majority that I interact with, the vast vast majority, and I've interacted with a lot. Uh, on a professional level, friendship level, there's, there's a, they're all very much plastic in the way that they think about about things, and they're they're very open to a lot of different things. But you are right; there's a subsect of, of healthcare professionals that seem to be very r- rigid in their recommendations. You want you want a nice combination of doctors who have just got years of clinical practice and knowledge, and the ones who still go back for training all the time and are open to new ideas. My GP is younger than me. Yeah. So when I started keto, he's like, okay, cool. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to learn more about well, it. Well, what, what you just said, though, is what we call the evidence, uh, evidence-based medicine, right? right? Evidence-based medicine is what's the best research uh, out there, scientific evidence, clinical experience of the professional, and what the patient wants. Right. Yeah. So if you're going there, you want to do it. There's there is good evidence around it. And the clinical experience of the clinician is like, yeah, OK, I don't see a problem with it. Well, then that's evidence based medicine. You can't, you can't ask for anything better than that. That's why there's three facets of it. Yeah. I remember seeing old, old Christmas photos when my mom was in her teens. And it's, you know, the whole shot of the, the long shot of the family table. Everyone's and everybody like the kids, everyone's smoking a butt. Oh, yeah, exactly. But they, then she's she goes, we didn't know. We no, didn't but know. Yeah, they didn't know. Yeah, I, I believe my mom smoked while she was pregnant with me, which one might, explain a line, lot, might explain a lot of things. But again, at the time, it was just, yep. it wasn't really frowned upon, you and maybe it. we didn't understand the extent of it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You got health questions. Bring them on. Dan, I see you there. Hang on the line. We'll get to you after a short break. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio. It is 1123 at Dr. Payne Show till noon. You want to reach out, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, uh, and info at paincarecanada.com. By now is the email address for uh, for the time being at 1123. We were just talking about the way things change. People used to smoke. They used to eat this. They used to drink that. But yeah. you know, there's still those people out there that live to be 106 doing that stuff. A hundred percent. Well, it's fun. another funny point. I was speaking with a colleague of mine, and... It's pretty incredible when you hear of these people. Number one, genetics plays a huge role in yes. anything, 
Let's let's just start there. These people that sort of make it there, you know, I I I don't know for sure, but I would say that a lot of it, the vast majority, yeah, what's is your like, secret? Don't yeah, bother asking. It's genetics. Yeah. You got the right combination of genes and chromosomes that did the right thing for you. But the other thing that I believe is that your disposition, your mental disposition, matters Great. a lot because um, I, I know there's a family friend of mine. He's uh, he was my dad's friend. He, uh, my dad passed away 11 years ago, but this. He's 84 now or 85. This guy drinks, eats, like everything that you think someone should not do at 84, he does it. But he's very active. He still does all all kinds of, he still goes to work. He does work around the house. He's as strong as an ox, uh, but he'll eat all kinds. And he'll eat all the things that you would say, well, you shouldn't eat that. Breads, pastas, like yeah, soaking typical, up the gravy on typical, the plate with a piece yeah, of bread. Typical yeah, typical old Italian man, drinks wine every day, scotch at the end of the night. I Beautiful. think he even starts his day with a little bit of Sambuca and the espresso. So, I love this guy. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's an, an amazing guy, just an absolute. But the one thing about him, every time I talk to him and, and you ask him, like, how are you doing? It's always the perfect, awesome. beautiful, happy, like, as hell. happy as hell. And the other yep. thing is, I know a lot of people that can eat like that and people that are not in great shape and and they eat that stuff, but then they sit there and oh, I shouldn't have ate that. I'm going to die so young. Like, you know, if you're, if that's your mental, if you're going to yeah. do it, which I don't condone doing it, I think a healthy balanced diet is very, very important. But at the very least, if you're going to do it, I even know people who are smoking cigarettes and every time that they're having one, they're like, this is going to kill me one day. This is going to kill me. Well, probably and definitely with that attitude, right? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> for sure. But uh, uh, there's a lot of people that I, you see in the news that end up living to 100 or whatever and they smoke every day yeah. they drink and and all of these things but i think a lot of it is number one genetics and their disposition if you have a belief that something that you're doing is bad for you well then it probably is bad for you but also psychologically you're amplifying it right yeah. and so i think that's an important component as well that now i'm not saying you know go smoke and just don't be happy be, be happy yeah. about it but what I am trying to say is that your mental disposition towards these things matter. And I think that is that highlights your mental disposition overall. If you're a positive person versus a negative person, I think there's something to be said about that. And and that ties in nicely to, you know, obviously what we do with pain management and injury management. There was actually um, a lovely, lovely lady that I saw this week. I've actually seen her a few times, um, you know, and is having low back pain. 88 years old, so nothing major, very much mechanical, just needed a little bit of advice on, you know, some exercises, some mm -hmm. movement to do. It was a lot of it was just simple self-care because it wasn't very bad, and it was more about her just keeping moving. And also, you know, one thing that I find with with the elderly that are incredibly healthy, right, because when you think of an 88-year-old who just has a little bit of back pain, that's in general, most people would say that's awesome. The thing is with these people, they seem to think that that's like, oh my God, like, and, and, you know, I tried to explain what your body is breaking down and it, and it was hard for her to accept that it was like, well, no, like I've been fine up until now. And it's like, yeah, I, I understand that. But the reality is age does create wear and tear on the body. Yep. doesn't matter who you are. That is the reality. That's why we age and we break down. Um, but she's also been going through an incredibly hard time having lost her husband, family and all those things. And as I was speaking to her more, and I had seen her a few times, I didn't really know that much of that part of the story. And and as she was going through it, I said to her, I said, honestly, I think the majority of what you're feeling in your body is simply a reflection of how like much anxiety, depression, things stress are going on inside. Like the the amount of stress that you're conveying right now is just like it it made it very much. Um, 
I, I was I was very your much, back started to hurt like you know yeah no no not hurt I I felt so bad for her emotionally yeah. like I I really I really wanted to help her um and I and I and I encouraged her you need to find social support you need to find all of these things that will help you from that side because if your mind feels better then I think the little bit of pain that you're experiencing in your body will also feel better and th- and that is very very true and consistent with pain. My mom's the same way. Eighty-five knees are completely shot, but man, is she positive? And yeah, still doing and she well, probably right? does really Great well outlook. with it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I once heard that you know you can live to your potential. You maybe genetically live to it. You won't live past a hundred genetically, but you can live less with, sure. with bad habits, yeah. right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. To think yeah. about four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Doctor Payne show. You got a half hour still. Plenty of time. Call in. Would love to talk to you about your uh, concerns. Right here on the Dr. Payne Show on Global News Radio. It is 1132 Dr. Payne Show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Don't wait till the last five minutes to call in with uh, with issues because that's sometimes what happens. We can't get yeah. all the calls. But, uh, you know, I'm available all the time, right? So just give me a call. Yep. Uh, come see me for your issues. I think a lot of people that listen to the show are now realizing that because I find we're getting a lot of people that are just simply coming in. They're, they're calling saying, yeah, get me that that second opinion with Dr. Lou, um, and that's what they want. And I, you know, again, the the whole point of this is to to take people, um, hear them out, see what's going on, yeah. uh, and then make the appropriate recommendations. And and those recommendations, again, again, are fluid, right? They're, it's it's about really, okay, what is the evidence support? What's the clinical experience support? And the, the really nice thing about uh, me and my team is the clinical experience doesn't just mean me. Uh, a lot of times if I see something that maybe I haven't seen a lot of or I'm not necessarily an expert in, I will go to my team of professionals and and really have that dialogue to understand yeah. what the clinical experience is, is there. And, and it's and it's been, a, um, you know, an incredible opportunity for me to work with so many different types of healthcare professionals, uh, other chiropractors, physios, massage therapists, naturopaths, athletic therapists, personal trainers, uh, physicians, uh, different types, neurologists, surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, um, physiatry, did I just say that? I don't mm-hmm. know, uh, neurologists. Uh, so, so many different people that, I, that I've access to that I can speak about uh, with cases and also make the appropriate referral if required. Um, and, and it's just taught me so much. It's, it's sometimes it's, you know, research is very important. And I keep up to date on the newest, latest research, but there's just something about clinical experience. There's yeah. just something about sure. it. And and it's and it's a big thing. So, you know, one day what I should do is tally up the total amount of years of, of clinical experience that we have amongst all the professionals because it's probably hundreds. Oh, for sure. Uh, that'd hundreds. be cool. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool to understand how much, cl- and even the amount of patients, right? Like it's, it's probably in the tens of thousands when you add up everybody in terms of... Um, how many different people have been seen. So uh, it, it, it's tremendous. And, and you know, I, and the great thing with this radio show is I, I always have people reaching out with new things, uh, doing new things to learn myself. Um, we were actually, I was uh, recently at a, at a conference for concussion. Um, and there's some new things even coming up there that is really, really interesting. Um, and, and it's, and, and, I mean, the stuff that I know from concussion already that I knew prior to this is only about a year old, but it's ever evolving. It's so yeah. it's so quickly evolving, and and we're starting to understand a lot of things. And and one thing that I found really interesting, which is pretty consistent with the rest of the body, like one of the initial recommendations following um, concussion that a lot of people hear is rest. You got to rest. Um, and it's sort of there's some new research really supporting. Well, you got to sort of be actively resting. Right. It's not just like lay in a bed, 
glasses, you know, yeah. dark room. Heating and, blanket, and lights off done. There yeah. was some evidence to support that that was a good thing in the first 24 to 48 hours. But after that, yes, you have to rest, but you have to actively rest. So it's also, so the comparison that uh, the specialist uh, was giving us was there was a person that he had that had had a concussion. Um, and this person was an avid cyclist and was doing about 40 kilometers a day mm-hmm. uh, of cycling just for training and nice. things like that. Uh, suffered a concussion was, you know, he was recommending, no, you're going on on rest for um, 48 hours. You're not doing anything. But after that, we want you back on a stationary cycle for 10 minutes a day. Nice. Just something simple. And then otherwise live the rest of your life, you know, minimize the amount of exposure around TVs, phones, things like that. Not to eliminate it completely, but just and and um, this person was doing that and then went back and then I guess he was feeling much better. Uh, and on his own recommendation, the own his the patient's own recommendation, he went out and cycled forty kilometers again. And and he went and he com- completely regressed, completely like wow. right back to the beginning. And so the whole thing that we started, uh, the, the, and this was just a, a, a case example to highlight what we were speaking about based on the research. It's about staying below what your normal threshold is, right? So if you're someone who typically walks 30 minutes a day, like let's just use that, you otherwise sit at a desk most of the day, maybe a little bit of stuff when you get home, yard work, housework, et cetera, you suffer a concussion. Well, again, you're resting for probably the first 24 to 48 hours. But after that, that doesn't mean we don't want you to walk half an hour. We want you to walk to the point where you just don't have symptoms. That might be 10 minutes. That might be 12 minutes. It might be 13. It might be 14. Five. It might yeah. be 29. We yeah. don't know. But that's trial and error. And then the whole goal with the, the rehabilitation aspect as well, along with other things, is just stay below that threshold until we start to progress you right. along. So it, it's pretty interesting stuff. And for a long time, we thought that the rest period for concussion should be much longer. And when we say rest, like absolute rest. And it was funny because especially with injury management, um, It sounds very, very familiar to what I say all the time. Like someone who's hurt their back, you're not telling them, oh, yeah, bed rest for the next, you know, five days or or 10 days. No, you might, if you absolutely throw out your back horribly and you almost can't move, you probably have to rest for the first day, maybe two days. Because you won't be doing much else. Yeah, you can't move. But after that, once we can get you moving, we're going to get you doing stuff. And and moving and doing things is very, very important because, again, our body is designed to move. It's not designed to be static. Um, And... And it and when you are static, it creates so many other problems. I I was saying to you off air. I had another person who had um, some knee issues, and 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 they are a very active person, and they started slowing down, and now all of a sudden their shoulders are hurting. They're they're an elderly person too, and they were like, "Why are all these other things happening?" It's like, well, you're not moving as much as you used to, and your joints just can't take that. They're used to that movement, so there's always ways to modify. And I gave exercises that they can do sitting down, uh, things that they can do that limit the amount of pressure on their knees as they go through the therapy and heal. So rest is important, but it's active rest and it's controlled active rest. That's, that's really the key with a lot of these different things. And with the, along with that active rest, there's the mental component, because if you're, if you're going at a hundred and then you're told to rest, you go down to zero. Zero. Yeah. I, I did it this week when I, when I put my yeah. back out, I took two, a day and a half off the gym and I was climbing the freaking wall. But that's the right, but that's, right? that's a good amount of rest, right? right? Like you didn't say you took the next month off. No. Oh, I right? couldn't. Yeah. There's you no took way. a day and a right. half. And right? even like, that was bugging me. So exactly. There's a mental component. A hundred percent. And, yep. and people get you, you're eager. You want to go back. So yep. it's nice to, if you're right, absolutely right. Can you find a balance and not have it be, you know, you're not necessarily doing a hundred and you're not necessarily doing zero, but can you do 20 or 30? 
30 or 40 or 50, maybe even 60 or 70, something that just, you know, within your symptom tolerance. And a lot of that, the answer is yes. The more difficult answer, because, you know, I might get a call that says, well, you know, how much time if I used to work, walk 30 minutes uh, and I suffer a concussion, what is the amount of time I should walk now? It's so, that's an individual recommendation yeah. because it's about staying subclinical symptoms. So it's just before your symptoms start to appear. And that's the same for low back pain, for neck pain, for shoulder injuries. It's about figuring out with the person. This is why working with a healthcare professional is so important. Someone who can figure out all these areas that are individual to you, the person. You want to reach out, by the way, when the show's not on, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Please write that down. Keep it info at paincarecanada.com. But for the uh, short term here in the next 20 minutes, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio. Dr. Payne Show, 416-870-6400, star 640. On cell, you know, you were talking at the beginning of the show about you know different aspects of, of of physio or training. It's like, yeah, you don't know everything. You haven't tried everything. It's funny you mentioned that because a uh, one of the trainers from my gym just texted me, and he's uh, he's he's near world class sprinter, and uh, he's from Jamaica. Well, he's via the UK, lives here now, but from Jamaica. And right. They did that. They ran on the beach. They trained in sand. Yeah. And yeah. Man, does that in- that increases your explosiveness when you got to trek through sand? Yeah, and right. and I mean, again, I don't know enough about it, but just based on um, you know my understanding of physiology, biomechanics, you're now dealing with something where you have to activate a lot of small intrinsic muscles, right? Right, because of the unevenness of everything. So. Of course, there's probably a benefit to it. My my issue with a lot of these things is when they're sold as a as a cure for everything. Yeah, right. They, 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 that the that's my, yeah. That's my biggest pet peeve within healthcare is everything. Like you know, when one diet is the best for everyone in the world, or yeah. uh, one intervention is the best thing for every, it's like no. It's it. The reason why so many things exist is because there's so many different people. Sure. And some things are going to work for certain people. Some combinations of things will work for certain people. And and equally so, it might not. Does that mean, like, you know, it, it, this is it's the dangerous thing about this type of the rehab world? Like, you meet tons of people, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I went to a chiropractor once. I would never recommend it to anybody. It's like, but maybe it didn't work for you, right? Is that That is a possibility. It's probably a big possibility. Maybe you saw the wrong person. There's a lot of things around that. Um, and so it's really about identifying what the best treatment intervention is for that person and what they're experiencing, which is why the diagnostic component, in my opinion, is so much more important. Because if you get that part right, then the recommendation should be much easier to follow through with. It's funny when people come up and say, oh, I saw this person, you got to go see them, they'll yeah. fix you. Look at you and look at me. Yeah. Two completely different dudes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're both men, but that's where the similarities <laughs> yeah. end, yeah. right? You got a ton of hair, I got no hair. I'm 6'5", <laughs> you're like... 5'5". Five, five. Five. <laughs> Right? Five, seven, right. five, six and a half. Yeah, so we're Depends. totally different people. How yes. is the same intervention going to be good for both of us? Yeah, or or maybe it's the same professional with a, a different type of intervention. Like, you know... It, it, you're absolutely right. There, it's that's why healthcare needs to be individual, um, and especially when you're dealing with the end that we're dealing with, which is the physical medicine. Uh, this, you know, a chemical is a chemical. If we're giving you a pill, then that pill, understanding your body mass, we can tailor the different amounts right. that you might need. That that maybe is a little 
little bit uh, different. But but even in that sense, it highlights how different people need different amounts of an intervention. And and from a physical perspective, you're absolutely right. Like someone who's dealing with me, there's so many different variables between you and I. Uh, but we may both benefit, for example, from massage therapy. It's right. just what type of massage therapy, gotcha. for, you know. So um, and it also doesn't mean that if massage therapy, like if we both have low back pain and it didn't work for us, that doesn't mean it won't work for everybody else in the world. Right. It's, and, and that's the important thing. But the diagnosis is, is very, very important because when you can identify the cause, you can pinpoint that cause. Then you can also pinpoint the treatment intervention, which, uh, you know, is the right way to do it. That's the right way to manage health. And if, you, if you've ever and I know we've had this discussion as well, and I'm sure there's there's you know listeners that know this as well. If you've, if you've ever not believed any of this, you can leave it all on the gym floor because there's a guy who's 23 beside me doing the same exercise, me at 48, yeah. and it's a completely different thing for him. Yeah. He's got twice the amount of testosterone. He's got better yeah. joints. He's still strong. He's still 100%. young. So it's like we're not all the same, man. No, 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 not God, I think all. of what I used to do when I was 23 oh, in the gym. Me, yeah, I wouldn't even too. come close. Yeah. I'm wiser. Yeah. But man, I just can't perform. Yeah, you like just I used can't to. do the same thing that you Absolutely used to. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a good example, I guess, to highlight how important treatment and intervention is is, I mean, the symptoms around a bacterial infection and a flu are not all that different, gotcha. right? So, if, but if you have a virus, if you have the flu virus, and someone gives you an antibiotic, Useless. it's not going to do anything, no. right? You're 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 treating a back a virus with an antibacterial. It's, yeah. It doesn't match up. Uh, but if you're able to identify, no, this is, you know, for example, strep throat, there's actually a strep bacteria in there, we're going to give you antibiotics, then the intervention makes sense to the diagnosis. Right. And that's the same thing. It's it's the same thing for for the physical body and our physical health is um, is identifying, well, what is the problem, right? There's a lot of people that have, for example, acute low back pain. Right. And and the evidence around acute low back pain is very clear. That's when the things like the modalities, manipulation, different machines, uh, massage have a tremendous impact. Mm -hmm. But then as it becomes a chronic issue, that's where it's a lot of self-care and self-management in terms of exercise, rehabilitation, nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. So to just, you know, grab everybody that has low back pain and and all I did there was distinguish acute versus chronic. There's so many other variables, mm-hmm. but I just want to use those two simple variables to highlight that if we just group in all back pain together and use the same treatment intervention, it won't work. No. It will not work. It does not work. And it's like you said, just getting some basic treatment is a small part of it. Like we always discuss. Again, we're, I swear to God, one day we're going to get my mother-in-law on the show and just grill the you-know-what out of her because she's the one that'll go for physio on a Monday. She's like, "Oh, it's still killing me. It's not working." I go, "What? Are, what else are you doing, doing yeah. beside that one little yeah. hour of physio? Are you helping your? St- no, you're coming home. You're lifting heavy pots. You're doing all the same yeah. crap you did before." Yeah. There's no follow-up. No, there's no follow-up. No there's, no, there's no homework. And yeah, that's an important thing. And and this is a big thing that my team and myself do with, with our patient base um, is make sure to make them accountable too. You, the person has to be accountable. Right. If you're not accountable for what you're doing, there's always something you should be doing when you go home. Uh, and if you're not, then, I mean, I think most people can understand this. I, and we meet a lot of people, unfortunately, that sit there. And I had someone that came in um, this week as well. And it was the classic thing that I often see low back pain, uh, made the, but this guy's not doing anything right. Like there's nothing right about what he's doing in terms of his health. Just, uh, uh, so much wrong. And same thing. He just wanted a quick fix. Oh, so there's nothing that I can just do here today. Yeah. Yeah. No silver bullet. Sorry. We'll take a short break. Last few minutes of the show. If you, uh, want to contribute 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell Dr. Payne, global news radio.
11.53, Saturday morning, Canada Day weekend, long weekend. Dr. Payne, show got uh, Michael hanging on the line. Hi, Michael, good morning. Yeah, hi, good morning. Um, yeah, I've had a, a, a pain in, the, in, the, uh, in my left knee uh, for about three weeks now. Uh, I went to the doctor, they did an x-ray. He says uh, there's, there's nothing showing, it's just a sprain, it'll take... Uh, a while to, to heal, but it, it's been ages now, and I, I just, especially when I get up in the morning, it's, I, it's fine when I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed. I don't feel any pain. It's as soon as I put weight on my leg is when I get the pain. Yeah. So I just have a quick question, Michael. How long have you been listening to the show, like this whole hour, or just or just came across it? Uh, no, I just actually, I just came in, and I, I remembered that your show was on, okay. so I turned it on. Yeah, no problem. Okay, because I started the show with with a similar, it was it was a hand issue, but it was okay. the similar type of thing where a uh, family doctor took x-rays, said, yeah, there's just a sprain, um, it'll heal on its own, and then this person went for a year and a half. Um, with no with no treatment, no nothing, and you know, then he finally came to see me, and now he's getting treatment, and he'll likely recover, you know, ninety five percent. So these types of things, the, the that's great that you got an X ray to make sure there was nothing horrible there, uh, but it needs some type of physical intervention. You need to do some type of treatment to that knee in order to get it better. What that treatment is exactly is hard for me to say over the phone. I would need to look at the knee, see the extent of it. Sometimes it's as simple as just exercises that you do at your home and self like icing, uh, elevating, things like that. When I say treatment, treatment doesn't necessarily mean three times a week for uh, you know, six months that you're coming in uh, into the clinics. No, it could mean just simple things that you can do at home. It's really right. whatever is the best option for that type of thing. And and actually with this person that I'm talking about with the hand, what I recommended was actually some self-care initially for the first two weeks, uh, certain things that I wanted him to do, and then come in for treatment. So, And it was only four treatments that we had recommended. So um, I, I don't know the extent of your knee injury, Michael, but you shouldn't just leave it. That is the wrong approach. And that's what, how we started the, the show is saying that that approach of, you know, just leave it. It'll heal on its, on its own. It doesn't, it doesn't right. just heal on its own. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. So okay. You, come get, come see me this week and, and we'll get you uh, doing the right stuff. one 55 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U is the way to go. Info at paincarecanada.com. Perfect example, yeah. right? Like that's how don't we started fester, the show. Man. Yeah, don't it. don't and, and and again, a person who's listening to the recommendation of their doctor and the doctor's like, oh yeah, it'll it'll just it'll take some time to heal. I I, I don't know. It's just, so it, use that time and be proactive. It, it baffles me. Like as I was hearing him say that, I started laughing because I was just like, I can't believe this that this actually happens. That there's professionals out there that that the recommendation is just let it heal on its own. Like somehow this will magically just go away. It might heal in terms of like. You know, it, it, the, the, some damage or something like that. But an x-ray for a knee, I was telling you that I had a person this week who had just a little bit of knee pain, an elderly woman, just a little bit and was concerned about it. I took an x-ray of that knee. The amount of arthritis that was on that x-ray in that knee, I don't even know how she was walking. Wow. Versus I've had people who have tremendous amounts of pain, almost crippling to the point they can't walk, and you take an x-ray and it looks like their knee's brand new, like they've never even had a little bizarre. bit of... Well, because it doesn't really matter. So the point being is with, with x-rays, 
you know, really what you're trying to do is rule out any bone pathology, like a tumor in the bone or something like that. And if that's not there, then a lot of it is just functional mechanical problems. And there's something that's happening. And the physical intervention, physical problems need a physical intervention. Like a, it's like a leaky roof, though. You got to get on it. Don't let it don't let it go. No, yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's a mechanical issue. Like, yeah. exactly. And that's a perfect example. If you all of a sudden had a leaky roof, you wouldn't just say, well, I'll just I'll put a leave. bucket underneath yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. A the, bigger bucket and yeah, a bigger bucket. You got to get somebody there <laughs> yeah. to, to do something about it and fix it. That's yeah. that's the, the approach. Quick, before we go, uh, yes. some details on how I get a hold of, how it works with the consultation and everything else. Yeah, so give give me a call, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, or info at paincarecanada.com. Uh, you can send me a quick email synopsis, or you can call me quick synopsis about what's going on. Uh, really, the consultation is designed to determine if this is the best thing that me or my team can assess you for. Um, there's been plenty of people that have reached out for things that we don't manage, that we don't deal with, and we just simply will make a recommendation in terms of what the next point uh, for you should be. But in terms of physical and pa- uh, pain and physical injury problems, we we likely deal with them all. But really, the answers co- don't come until the assessment. Right. Right. I, I can't give you something specific to do on a consultation. It's designed to determine if I'm the right person to assess it. If I am, then at that point, we can definitely get you the answers you're looking for. We'll pick it up again next weekend here on the show. Again, you want to reach out one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada.com. Till next time, Doctor Payne Show, Global News Radio.